Aloha, it's Stephanie Colvin with LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I apologize for not publishing last week. We had a lot going on in our little family, and um, I just needed to tend to our family first. So I, I so much appreciate your patience. Um, for those that reached out to me, thank you for thinking of me and being so kind and um, so caring in your communication. I really, really felt a lot of love this last week from a lot of people that I may not know physically in person, but I definitely have grown to know you through this podcast. It's been such a blessing to my life, and I hope it's been a blessing to yours as well. Um, again, the premise of this podcast is to, stay, is to stay real and true and very genuine about the personal issues and things that we deal with in our lives and how we use the gospel of Jesus Christ as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to reconcile the very hard, the very difficult, those big, huge trials and hardships that inevitably we're going to face because that is part of this proving ground experience. It is a refining process and it teaches us to become like our Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Brother and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, so I will be uh, doing a Q&A this week. I do receive questions um, throughout the weeks. And what I do is I collect the questions and then I just give myself some time to kind of ponder and think about the questions and decide how I would like to approach or answer them. Again, being very honest, but I'm also very careful about um, not exposing um, let's say too many personal details because of the nature of my podcast. So this episode may not be the best for those who are young ears that may be around while you're listening. And so I just wanted to give you that heads up too, as we will be talking and going a bit deeper into the abuse and how I've uh, used the gospel to handle some of those relationships and uh, some other questions that I received. So thanks again for joining. Thank you so much for your love and aloha. I so much appreciate it. And um, that Q&A will be coming up. And thanks again for returning. We so much appreciate your support and uh, that this missionary effort is truly growing and supporting those who are looking to remain in the faith and stay true and valiant. Okay, so I have actually received probably over 20 questions and um, some of them are repetitive and kind of covering the same subjects. So I pulled some of the questions out that I think is most uh, pertinent to what we're dealing with today um, as far as our lives and the things that the challenges that we have. I think with every dispensation and and group of children that have come down uh, from heaven all have their own unique Um, trials and challenges that um, are going to help mold and refine them in the way that is perfect for them that comes from our omniscient Heavenly Father. Um, So I think that our, uh, you know, the things that we deal with today are very different from times past. And um, I wanted to start off with mental health because um, you know, mental health is huge. Uh, it's, I don't know if it's because we're talking about it more, it's more acceptable now. Um, but there's still the stigma that follows mental health as if, um, that person is, uh, there's something wrong with them or they're weak or they, uh, don't have any strength, which is actually quite the opposite. The people that I have known in my life who have had mental health challenges have been some of the strongest and most brave people that I have ever encountered. Uh, They have been grand examples to me of 
um, endurance and prevailing and pushing through and forward. Um, and I'm so grateful to have these experiences. I grew up in a home where, uh, my uncle was schizophrenic and, uh, he spent a lot of time with us. I was around him all the time. Um, unfortunately that runs in the family as well as bipolar on my dad's side of the family. And, um, so we've had an aunt who had bipolar and had that exposure as well. I am grateful for these experiences because it taught me an empathy and compassion for people who who have these mental challenges. Um, And it also taught me uh, how to handle um, people and how to be understanding that have mental health issues and um, also actually gave me thick skin. You know, when you're dealing with people who have mental health issues, especially if they're really close to you, like a son or a daughter, maybe even a spouse, um, you know, you really have to get that thick skin. Otherwise, uh, you're, you're kind of taken on that emotional roller coaster every single day. And uh, there's a certain amount of strength that you have to build within your own self and character to be able to um, endure it. Uh, so an example would be for me now is, um, you know, we're going through a lot. There's some issues going on with my husband's job because of COVID. And, um, you know, he's really struggling mentally. So our days are very challenging. And, uh, you know, I have to work very hard at living after the manner of happiness. I'm so grateful for the words from God in these scriptures that are given to us because it's really taught me that when I want things to be a certain way, I have to make it happen that way. But there is a balance to it because there's things that we control and things that we don't control, right? And um, we have to be okay with the unknowns and the things that we don't control. And I think that's Uh, where faith needs to kick in is um, the unknowns, the areas that we don't control. And um, we have to have faith in those areas and then do what we can that's within our control to make the situation what we want it to be. So every day I live after the manner of happiness. It would be so easy for me to be taken down from the things that we deal with, especially um, within my marriage. And, um, you know, I could take things personally all the time. Um, you know, the things that, you know, my husband does, or maybe he's caught in his mind and doesn't necessarily, he's not aware that I need his help or he doesn't hear me or he's not paying attention to, um, you know, the things that are going on in the house and how he needs to help, you know, in my other marriages, that would have been an issue because I would have felt like, you know, gosh, am I the only one that's responsible for this entire household? This is a partnership, right? But in this marriage, it is different. And, um, thankfully the Lord is very present in our marriage and the spirit is strong and it's helped me to learn, to learn that patience and long suffering that is so divine. And I have learned that, um, that patience, the long suffering is a grand gesture of love as being able to hear things that may be hurtful or offensive, but recognize it for what it is, which is the mental health issue and um, not take it personally and then not hold it against that person. That is very hard to do, Uh, especially when you have very tender feelings and, you know, a huge amount of affection and love for that person. And um, yet they're they're saying things or behaving in a manner in a way that is uh, just hurtful or um, is just not supportive. It's hard for people who have mental struggles to be able to do the things that, 
you know, that uh, we who don't have these mental challenges do. Um, you know, a great example is I can be working on a project and there's still clothes to fold, dishes to get done. And um, when I get done with the project, that's still there for me to do. Whereas normally I would hope that somebody would chip in and get that done while I'm doing whatever I need to do, which is usually to benefit the family. Um, however, I've learned in my current relationship that uh, this is my calling my calling is to learn how to bear the burden of it all and to believe in Heavenly Father who knows me inside and out, who knows every hair on my head, every cell on my body, and he knows what I can and cannot handle, is reconciling the fact that he knows better than I do what I can and cannot handle and um, deciding within myself with great resolve and conviction that uh, he knows what I can handle and I've been given this trial so I'm going to trust that and I'm going to get down to the brass tacks of figuring this out and um, finding the solution and taking care of it in partnership with the Spirit of God the Holy Ghost Um, so that's something that I wanted to share based off the questions that I had gotten Um, this is something that's very hard it didn't happen overnight Uh, And truly for me, when I met my husband, um, it was a life-changing experience, but it also changed me. I went from being somebody who was out of the gospel, who was pretty much living for the things of the world, trying so hard to provide for my children and give them the best of everything, um, that uh, I really forgot about my spiritual side and the things that matter most. And so when I met my husband and we started this spiritual journey together, He awakened a lot of these things inside me that um, were dormant or that I didn't even know were there that I needed to learn, of course. And um, he's really been a blessing to my life in that sense. And if there's one thing that I can convey about my challenges in our relationship and the mental health issues that we deal with, which are severe, is that uh, the spirit... I've learned how to work with the spirit. So when you learn how to work with the spirit and you continue to turn to the comforter, um, seeking guidance from God and, you know, heavenly father, um, you just become better and better at it because it's just like, you know, any other muscle that you use, let's say that, uh, you know, you want to sing, you enjoy singing, but you want to become better at your craft. That means that you're going to have to put time, effort, and energy into it every single day. You cannot become the greatest singer or a very talented singer or a performer by just deciding in your mind, this is what I want to do. It takes effort, blood, sweat, and tears to become fluent at your craft. And uh, learning the language of the Spirit and understanding revelation and the promptings of the Spirit is the same thing. We have to be in it every single day every single day turning to the Lord. And that leads me to the next question, which was about prayer. Um, I pray in the morning and evening. I pray over my food, but I also pray throughout the day. Sometimes it's a formal prayer. Sometimes I say a prayer in my mind. Sometimes I talk to Heavenly Father verbally, like out loud. If I'm in a private area, like if I'm driving, which I do a lot of driving, Um, I will have a full-blown conversation with Heavenly Father. And, uh, you know, praying is unique to the individual. 
Um, we know that we start the prayer with dear heavenly father and we end the prayer with in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because it's through Jesus Christ that we pray and the power is given to the prayer. Um, praying is an avenue for us to be able to seek the guidance that we need in our lives and to, um, turn to heavenly father. I truly believe in the power of prayer. And um, I know that he hears and answers prayers. And, you know, I, I got another question about, um, you know, when you say a prayer and the answer comes, but it's not what you want it to be. As a matter of fact, it may be um, the thing that is going to most challenge you or sweep you out from underneath your feet. And you may feel that way. I know I have when I've received answers or things have kind of inevitably rolled out in a way that um, changed the trajectory of the path for that particular circumstance. Uh, And what I had to do at that time is I had to wrestle with myself and the Lord and come to understand um, that he knows best. He doesn't always tell me all the reasons why things have worked out the way it has, but he will place within me a peace. And that peace is undeniable and um, it's invaluable. You cannot put a price tag on that piece. So here's an example. I mentioned earlier that we've got a lot going on with my husband and his current job. And um, there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of things that are just out of our control. So yesterday, as we were gathering information, and we've been doing this actually for the last week, we've been praying, we've been talking about it, we've been trying to figure out what to do, how to handle it. I walked into my kitchen, my husband was following me and talking to me, and um, I just stopped and I received and felt like every hair on my body was standing on its end. I had goosebumps from head to toe is how it felt. It was like this um, electrical current running through my body. And it was telling me in a very profound, loud, spiritual manner that everything is going to be okay and to trust the Lord. So at that point, I conveyed uh, that prompting to my husband And, um, you know, we sat there for a moment trying to wrap our head around this prompting and everything that's going on. And I'm going to admit, I mean, it was um, an exhilarating experience. I learned a lot and uh, I trust the spirit. Um, But wrapping my mortal brain around it and trying to figure out how can it be okay was uh, for a nanosecond, it was hard. And then I just immediately stopped myself and told myself, no, I'm going with this feeling. You know, Heavenly Father made this feeling pronounced so that I would feel it and know it without a shadow of a doubt. And I am going to exercise that faith and I am going to trust this feeling. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's been hard for my husband. He fluctuates back and forth, of course, because of his anxiety. And, um, you know, he doesn't really understand because he has different spiritual talents. 
And so when I try to explain to him the feeling that I'm having, he does his best to understand, but it's just not the same as experiencing it yourself. But unfortunately, with his mind and the mental um, disabilities that he has, it's really hard for him to hear the spirit. And so he really looks to me for that uh, receptiveness to have that guidance and direction. And all I can do from here on out is to continue to remind him of the blessings of the Holy Ghost, that he truly is our comforter, that he is here for us, and that we can ask questions, we can consult, we can take a step, make a decision, and then go back and say, this is what I've done. Is this the right thing to do? You know, what should I do next? And as we do these things in our lives with our everyday challenges, uh, the time that inevitably will come and it will come when we need to clear, clearly hear the Holy Ghost because there is great turmoil on the earth, then you will be ready. And it reminds me of that story that was shared in General Conference a couple years ago about the uh, sailor that was on the ship. And I don't remember it in detail, but it was something like he was on the ship and there was something going on in the ship. He was spiritually prompted because I think he was in the engine room to uh, go and do something in particular. And as he was trying to fix this problem, which could really just take the ship down and everybody would drown and die, he was working with the spirit. He would do something and then he would say, okay, what do I do now? And then the spirit would prompt him. And and everything had to happen so quickly, succinctly, that there wasn't time to figure out whether or not that was the spirit. So this gentleman had had enough experience with the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, to be able to quickly work through this um, traumatic time that everybody could, they could die if he didn't quickly respond and do the things that he needed to do in his role in that ship. And because he had worked hard and was a disciple of Christ and was active, that's I think the biggest um, thing that we need to do is to be active and then we need to go and do. Um, That's how we really learn how to hear the spirit is by following these promptings because when we follow the prompting then the holy ghost knows that he can trust us and that when we receive these promptings that we'll act so that means that he'll work with us more so then we'll be given more opportunities to learn and understand the language of the spirit which i really believe that the holy ghost talks to us each individually and uniquely in the way that we need to hear it because we all are in varying degrees of understanding of how the spirit works and speaks and uh, it's not going to be difficult it's not going to be this magical mysterious you know uh, process it's going to be so simple that even a child can understand so i hope that's been helpful Um, to those who are listening and my greatest desire is that the spirit can touch within your heart and mind today whatever it is that you need help with to keep you rooted and unwavering and steadfast in the gospel of Jesus Christ I have been getting a lot of questions about who is the uh, abuser And I get that people want to know. Um, I'm a very curious person and uh, 
I ask a lot of questions. I can get on um, people's last nerve and I try not to, but I'm a very curious person. So I totally get it. I understand, but I'm not going to um, reveal in such a public way who my abuser was um, when I was little, the sexual abuser, um, because it's been so long and I know that they've tried so hard to move forward in their life, um, trying to just reconcile the things that they're dealing with as well. And uh, through the gospel and the teachings and doctrine of the gospel, I have been able to um, find peace with it, but I'm going to be very upfront and honest There are moments that I get tired of constantly having to have to deal with the consequences of that abuse. I'm 48 years old and I still have to deal with the consequences of that abuse. And so there are times that I, that I still get angry and I get tired of having to deal with it. And I have to really work hard at not becoming bitter and, you know, becoming better. And so I focus on becoming better and trying not to be taken down because I distinctly feel through the spirit, the Holy Ghost, that this is the best way for, you know, Lucifer to get to me and to derail my path home. Um, Lucifer would love for me to give in to those very hard feelings and the frustrations and the bitterness that I can feel from time to time but also the anger. And um, so I try not to uh, give in to any of that. As a matter of fact, I see it as me pushing back um, on the adversary who would love to see me being miserable. And um, an interesting side note to that is for the last few years, I've been having dreams from time to time that's really been teaching me about the character of uh, Satan And um, we never need to feel sorry for him. He is a coward of epic proportions. He is the biggest con man that has ever been known to the earth. Uh, He is a trickster. He is evil and wicked uh, to the nth degree. And he does not have the ability to have any compassion, empathy, or love for anyone. He has had eons of time to hone his wickedness. Um, He does not rest from his evil ways. And uh, we need to truly understand the nature of Lucifer. Because when we understand his nature and who he is, then we can battle the adversary. You know, he was put here on earth so that he would be that opposition that we needed But Heavenly Father knows that we also need to understand who he is so that we can combat him and put on the full armor of God and then know how to use that armor. Um, He, I'll give you another example. Recently, uh, we went to uh, visit my son who just moved into a home with his girlfriend and baby. And I knew that they needed, you know, some help still getting the house together and, um, just acquiring what they needed, getting it done. And that took a lot of time. Um, But also as a mom, I have a desire to work with them, um, not only in regards to the gospel and to try to encourage them in that direction, but also in their relationship so that they can have a home that is filled with peace and calm so that they and the baby can feel secure 
and safe. And um, so I was completely focused on them. Now, when I was going into town, I was told um, by my parents that I could not come by and visit because one of my siblings would be there. And he and I, unfortunately, do not have a good relationship. And um, I'm okay with it. I want to move on. And I've felt this way now for many years. But um, he just doesn't want to deal with it. And I get that because there's a lot to deal with. Whereas I'm willing just to move forward. He wants to address it. So I understand my parents' role in his life. And they're doing everything they can to save their son. To work with him and bring him home as well. And um, I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit that um, my feelings were hurt that I was told that I could not go my my parents house now I really feel that home is my home I call it home I also call my home here in Ventura home and that's how I feel about that home but you know I had to reconcile that feeling I had to be okay with it and I just turned to the Lord and I explained to him my hurt feelings. I knew that he already understood and I knew that he would help me through it and that he would help me be okay with it. And you know what he did? I was okay with it. So I made this trip knowing that I would not see my parents because of the situation. Um, I guess he had canceled at the last minute. Nobody had told me. Um, my mom had texted me a couple of times and wanted me to come over and I wanted to go over and see them, but I was so busy with my own little family and the things that were going on that, um, my time and effort and energy and my mind and heart and spirit and everything just had to be funneled into that. And, uh, I know my parents were really hurt. They didn't understand everything that was going on. Um, and I know that their feelings were hurt and I did my best to let them know that this is not anything personal whatsoever, that I'm not contentious. I'm not upset, um, that I am okay with it. And that I hope that they would be okay with it. As a matter of fact, I would pray and ask heavenly father to help them to know and understand how much I love them and, uh, to place within their hearts a peace with the situation and um, that's the power of prayer so we fast forward a few days and you know everything is settled um, everybody feels better I did have a long conversation with my dad last night um, but I you know what I learned from this is that we need to reserve judgment we don't need to know everything that's going on in each other's lives in order to be understanding or to give the benefit of the doubt, or to give that person room to make decisions in their life and the things that they're responsible for. Um, so what I've resolved myself to do from now on is to accept people's decisions and to be okay with it, to allow them to live their lives as they see fit and not take it personally because they can't make time for me or they won't meet me for dinner or we can't go do this because of this reason. It's just trusting them that they are doing these things because they need to do it. And it's not anything, you know, personal whatsoever. Um, and I think that's where emotions sometimes can derail us from our spiritual path. Emotions are good and we need to feel emotions. I'm not saying not to feel emotions, but what I am talking about is that emotions need to be put in balance. We need to be emotionally resilient and we never ever want to use our love unrighteously. We want to use our love 
to support, to help the person, to um, be a part of their lives, to be a blessing to them, to be a positive part of their lives. We never want to use our love to be oppressive to the other person or to be controlling. And I see lately how we can do that with our love is that we think we use the guise of love to do things that maybe are harmful or hurtful to the other person. And I think an example of that is, um, again, something that happened recently in my life is a situation between um, my kids. You know, they're very overprotective of each other. And they look out for each other, which is good. I mean, my siblings and I do that all the time. But sometimes they can do it too much. And they're actually interfering in the agency of the other. And that's not good. We don't use our love to interfere in their agency to live their life as they choose. We don't use our love to give people guilt trips. We don't use our love to be this toxic poison to put this person under our control. We use our love to help the person to live their lives as they see fit. We don't want to put these people in cages. We want them to fly free. We want them to live their lives and to learn and to grow and to become the full measure of their creation. Um, and that, that was a huge lesson for me in the last few years. And I really appreciate how Heavenly Father is teaching us so much. It feels like um, when you're so active and involved in the gospel of Jesus Christ that the education is just moving forward exponentially and I think that kind of speaks to the times and these latter days that we're living in another person asked me how do you lay hold upon the word the word I did talk about this in a prior episode um, but I do realize that I have a lot of new listeners so I just quite simply to me is how you lay hold upon the word is to believe You know, words are just words on a paper that you read. What makes them different is if you believe in them. That belief, that faith uh, is powerful. So when you read a scripture, when you hear a talk from, uh, you know, one of the elders or general authorities, um, when you believe that's laying hold upon the world, because then that empowers that gives power to the teaching so I'm trying to think of an example Um, for me recently what's really been sticking out in my mind is tithing tithing has been um, something that we've wanted to do for a long time now it's been a huge challenge of it for us because of all the financial demands and taking care of my father-in-law who's in a board and care home plus his caregiver um, and then taking care of ourselves. It's very expensive to live here in California. And then of course, trying to support and help um, our 20 something or, you know, children get up on their feet as well. And um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. There's so much going through my mind. Um, Oh, tithing. Okay. I apologize about that. 
so as we've been really trying to uh, be obedient to this command, it was very difficult. And I was focusing more on the difficult and the hardship than I was on the teaching and the blessing of it. So I actually went back to some of my notes that I had um, and some scriptures that I had marked about tithing. And when I reread those notes and the scriptures, again, they're just words. But when you read them and you believe in them, then it becomes powerful in your life. And I do believe the blessings that come from paying tithing. I do believe that the heavens will open up and blessings will pour out upon you greater than you could ever imagine or hold. And I've actually experienced that paying tithing as well. And so I think it's important that we remember these spiritual moments of miracles and blessings in our lives because it helps us to remember that God is with us. The heavens are open. He is walking with us. He is talking with us. He's guiding us and he is always there. Um, and we're never alone. And then you can see the demonstration of his power. And when you understand the power of God in Christ, then it's easier to have faith. It's easier to give things over to them. So I hope that helped um, this particular listener and anybody else who, you know, had that inquiry of laying hold upon the word, understand it a bit better. This is just what I do, and I'm sure others have great input as well, but I hope that the Spirit has been able to help you in whatever way you need it the most. Another question that I had received is, um, how do you know that the Spirit is answering and talking to you? Uh, You know, we just talked about the power of God and um, being able to recognize the power of God in your life. And we do that by uh, reflecting on our past and the things that he has helped us with, uh, how he's moved in our lives and blessed us and worked miracles. Uh, so that's another way to, to know that God is answering you, is that you can look back to those past experiences and learn from them and how the Holy Ghost speaks to you. Uh, it's there's some similarities I've learned on how we all hear the spirit, that still small voice, but there's also some unique differences too. Um, so how did I learn how to hear the spirit of God? I, you know, because of the abuse that happened when I was younger, um, and being in primary, which of course taught us the fundamental basics and the power of prayer. Um, I remember as a little girl, not really understanding what was going on with me, but, um, Uh, knowing that I needed God. And um, recently I shared with a, an Instagram account. Um, His name is Spencer and it's at Latter-day Help. And then he has another one at Latter-day Help too. I shared with him my story because what he is doing is a similar um, missionary effort as me, as he's looking to uh, embolden and strengthen the saints uh, that are currently in the church and to retain the members that we already have. And um, I, when I read what he shared of my testimony and faith and how I've learned to be faithful and have a strong testimony of the gospel in Christ and Heavenly Father, I was able to see in what I was writing 
that Christ reveals himself um, powerfully through our suffering and hardships because it's then that he can demonstrate his power. And uh, I'm grateful for these experiences. I would never want to relive these experiences, but I'm grateful to have them so that I can learn and obtain the knowledge and understanding that I have now. Um, We have so much to learn. You can spend a lifetime learning and studying and thinking and journaling and doing all that you want to do. And I still feel like when you pass on, it's going to, you're still going to be like an embryo as far as the knowledge is concerned, because there's so much to know. And that's what I love about this gospel is there's no ceiling to the knowledge and the pearls and those treasures of the gospel. Um, so I think as far as hearing the spirit is concerned, um, I developed that at a young age because of my circumstances and I was a very innocent child. I just knew that what I was being taught in church was right and true. And that when I prayed that heavenly father and my savior, Jesus Christ heard me and, um, they were with me. And it's been since that time that, It's just been this natural relationship with the Holy Ghost, and it's grown over time. I get better and better at it as I get older and I put more time and effort into it. Um, I'm not going to profess to be fluent, but one of the biggest things that's really helped me to understand and hear the Spirit is making sure that I act on those promptings and inspirations quickly. Um, Because when I do that, the Spirit then spends more time with me if I live in a manner and a way that the spirit wants to be with me. And um, then the spirit continues to teach me the language of God. And I'm so grateful for these opportunities. I just love the Holy Ghost. Um, The comforter, I love to spend time with him. It is absolutely just a fantastic, exhilarating moment. When I don't get a chance to spend time in the gospel and to do the things that I love to do, and the gospel, I really start to miss it. And the biggest thing that I miss is working with the Holy Ghost. Um, he truly is a person uh, without a body that uh, loves each of us as much as Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ does. And he is one in purpose with them. And he is here to help us and to comfort us and to um, push us forward, to propel us on that path um, home to that tree of life. Um, another question that I received is how is my relationship with my parents knowing about the abuse and then kind of, uh, (laughs) sweeping it under the rug. That's funny. Um, you know, it was a different time. I was born in 72. So, um, you know, this type of stuff wasn't talked about and it was swept under the rug. Um, I know that my dad addressed it, uh, with my abuser, my parents did. Um, but I don't think that they really understood the extent of the abuse. Uh, you know, I think that when they found out I was like eight or nine, I want to say, and, uh, I don't think that the right questions were asked to really get out of me the extent of the abuse. So I think that they think that it was just like a one-time thing and that was it. But of course, in my adulthood, this has come up and reared its ugly head several times and I've been more open about it and they were shocked and appalled, but, um, 
<sighs> we try very hard to live the gospel. And the atonement has, you know, Christ has paid that debt. So as a victim of abuse in that degree, um, how do we be okay with that? You have to let go of your own um, feelings of hatred and retribution and anger and hurt and bitterness. And the atonement, thankfully, has the power to do that. Um, When you start to understand the power of the atonement and that Christ has truly paid the debt for all, So that means he's paid the debt for the most evil and wicked here on earth. Because remember, we're only going to be judged on the knowledge that we have and that we've acquired. Um, We've got scriptures that are filled with uh, examples of people who were persecuting the saints, um, even killing the saints. And then their hearts and minds and spirits were awakened to truth and they repented and were forgiven and then served God until they died. So, you know, that knowledge, um, you're only accountable for the knowledge that you have. And uh, I find comfort in knowing that Christ has paid the debt um, that my abuser basically charged over time. And that now it's between that person and my Savior. And it's been a huge load off of my shoulders. It's really helped me to find peace in my life and also to have peace with my relationship with that person. Um, you know, we don't talk, we don't interact, but I'm okay with them. And, uh, I'm grateful for that. It's taken me a long time to get here and many years of therapy, but the spiritual side is probably the clincher for me. You can have as much therapy as you want, but if you don't have the gospel working in your life, the therapy is just therapy. You have to have the gospel and live the gospel. And then in concert with living the gospel and therapy and, and, you know, in some cases, medication, um, all of that is success. It truly is, at least in my experience. And again, I'm just speaking from my experience in hopes that it helps you. I am going to end it there. There are several other questions. I'm sure I'll do another Q&A in a few months. I like to really focus on the topics and the things that we're talking about right now in the church, especially from our leaders. Um, But I do appreciate the communication from my listeners. I hope that my answers have helped in some way to help you understand how to apply the gospel of Jesus Christ in your life and the very real hardships that you're facing, um, especially with abuse, uh, mental illness. Um, You know, recently I read the family proclamation. My son said, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. He says, I just work, work, work and work. So I looked up the family proclamation on my phone and I read to him what his role is. And I said, God's telling you right here what your role is as a father and as a partner. Um, So, you know, everything works when we put God first and then we take advantage of what we have here with modern medication, modern medicine, and uh, the wonderful people who have gone through the education to help take care of people who have severe mental disabilities. Even those who are just... There's so many people struggling from this pandemic. I think one of the biggest things is the amount of suicides that have happened um, from the pandemic. It increased something like 200 or 300%. And um, it's just the most saddest 
a consequence of this pandemic and the way that it has been handled. And so please, please, if you are experiencing and having thoughts of suicide um, or self-harm, please reach out to the National Suicide Hotline if you need immediate help. You can also turn to your bishop. And, you know, if it's immediate help and needs, do not hesitate to call him directly. Um, You can turn to your Elders Quorum president, your Relief Society president, uh, your ministering person, your home teacher. You know, this church is organized the way it is for a reason. And um, the Lord works through his imperfect people. So please reserve judgment when they do their best to help you and um, pray about it. If that person is not the best person for whatever reason to help you, find somebody else. Don't give up. This is your eternal life, welfare, and salvation that we're talking about. Don't let these little experiences that you have in the church with the people that sometimes cannot be so um, positive derail you from your discipleship and your path home. Uh, Thanks again for joining me this week. I so much appreciate your patience, um, your support, your love, the messages and emails that you guys send have truly been, this is corny, the wing beneath my wings, but that's the only way I know how to describe it. Um, We're all going through a lot. We're all dealing with a lot in these latter days. Sometimes I feel like that's Lucifer's way of keeping us distracted. And um, just do the best you can. Turn to the Lord in prayer. Put him first and he will help you prioritize your life. I know that this gospel is true. I know that President Nelson is a prophet of the Lord. And he is not the person that we need to go through to reach Jesus Christ. He is the person that walks with us as we reach out to Jesus Christ. He is the mouthpiece of Christ as he sits at the head of this church. Our apostles are, I just love them and I'm so grateful for their service, the prophet too. I am grateful for the utter perfection of the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Bible. I am grateful for the missionaries that go out and do this important work in the gathering of Israel. And I leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You guys have a most wonderful week. If there's anything that you guys are dealing with right now that you would like me to cover a particular topic, please do reach out to me at LDSRPRL podcast on Instagram. Um, You can DM me there or you can email me at LDSRealPeopleRealLives at gmail.com. And that is plural. LDSRealPeopleRealLives at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is truly fighting a hard battle. Until next week.